So it's been a few weeks since we have been in the book of Acts. And just for the sake, so we're all on the same page, do a little bit of a brief recap, okay? Because that, that helps set the grid, if you will. It helps set the, the background and the current, where we're going. So when we look at Acts, which is just, ah, so good. It brings, in Acts 7, we see that the era of Jerusalem is ending. Because the gospel that was foretold and promised in Acts 1.8 is going to go forth. Okay, so it's the apostles, you know, just help picture this in your mind, that the apostles are in Jerusalem, right? And Stephen has already been martyred. Let me know if I need to do anything with this. Stephen's been martyred, and Saul of Tarsus, the transformation has not happened yet. He's, he's not uh, known as Paul yet, but he's, he's on this vengeance, he's on this thing to, um, to really do the Christians in. To make their life really a living hell as much as he can. So that brings us up to how he's persecuting the believers, left and right, anything he can do, even from the inception of, of when the gospel was going out and even into Jerusalem. And so because of this, all of these Christians, people who have come to hear the good message, the life-giving message of what Jesus is, the kingdom coming, they have to flee because they don't want to die. They want to go to a safe place. Last time I used this thing, it was not good. So let's try today. Oh, Stephen sparkled too. Did we get that right? So um, around midnight, I was like, oh, oh yeah, you have to have a title. What are we going to call this thing? I'm like, let's just call it what I've been calling it. You cannot have the power of the Spirit without the person of the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Like that makes sense. Yeah. Sounded pretty good. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, unpack that tonight and what that looks like and the relevance to us, the relevance to you and to me of like, what does that exactly look like? Because it's good when we read it in the Word or the paraphrase or the translation of which we choose. But how can I apply it to 2019 where I'm at right now? And um, so, again, a little bit more of the, the background is that these believers are going left and right because Saul has no mercy. He's still Saul of Tarsus. He has an aim, an objective. He has this, this goal that he is going to do as much as he can in his own volition to take the Christians out. There's no mercy. He's doing this thing mercifully. So the believers spread out now to this nation called Samaria. Again, we find it in 1.8. So we know what's going to happen. And all this persecution is taking place. We're painting a picture here. Now Philip, right? Philip, remember Philip? He's traveled to the Samaritan city. And he preached to them the wonderful news of what a lot of translations call the anointed one. It's referring to who Jesus. Jesus, right? The anointed one. And there is this eagerness amongst all the crowds to receive the message that Philip is declaring that he is giving. And miracles, signs, and wonders follow, which persuades the crowds. It would surely persuade me that if I'm seeing something that is done in the heart and in the life and in the the knowing of who the persona of who Jesus is, that's going to move something in me. 
that's going to move me to want something more of this life message that they're preaching. Now, this is interesting because I was reading this the other day. I'm thinking, oh, we need more of this, especially in America and the Western nations of the world. Verse 7 in uh, chapter 8 says, Many demon-possessed people were set free and delivered as evil spirits came out. And it came out of them, and it looked a certain way, with loud screams and shrieks. I'm like, hmm. And we know there's a healing component because it, it continues on to the verse that many who were lame and paralyzed were also healed. So you not only have the declaring life message of what kingdom is, God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal people too. So there's this all-inclusive kingdom package thing that is like right down on there. And people are like, I, I can get with this. I can totally get with this. Because now there's signs and wonders that are, are, are backing this thing up of who Jesus Christ comes to be to them. And then, because I, I read it in the Passion, because when you read stuff in the Passion, at least the books of the Bible that Dr. Simmons has translated into the passion, it will give you a whole different taste. It's like eating your favorite meal when you don't want to put the fork down. It's really yummy. Because there's something that your spirit, like, ah! Whereas if I try to read it in the, in the King James or the ESV or the New American Standard, it's good, but not as good. There's something, how many of you know if you read, how many of you ever read it could be your favorite verse or a verse in the Bible like a thousand times, but that thousand or first time you read it, something happened. Something different happened. The word never changed. It's us who changes our spirit, man. It's our, our soul and our emotions that change, right? So all this stuff is going on. And I was thinking, there will always be results when the Holy Spirit is in the equation. And how much more, even in this context, that the Holy Spirit was in the equation, because, why was he in that equation? Because what they were doing was setting a stage for him to come and do what he wanted to do. Which is amazing. It's awesome, awesome, awesome. So this story of Simon the sorcerer and his encounter with Peter... And his really, ultimately, a conversion to really coming to know who Jesus is, is pretty much found in about, I would say, verses 9 through 24, right? There's a certain part that I want to go after tonight, which is around verses 18, 19, about when he tries to pay for the Holy Spirit with some money. And Peter, Peter really, he didn't like that too much, and he gave him a piece of his mind, too, um, but what I want to do is that um, just give a little bit of context of Simon. Because sometimes we can read the word and we're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we can get the facts right, but we want to paint the grid. We want to uh, create the background to really know what life that he came out of. Because then it's going to make a lot of sense when we go to read those specific verses in 18 and 19. And this encounter and this dialogue that goes back and forth between Simon and Peter. Okay. So he comes out of this background, he's trained, he's the best of the best in the sorcery and the magic. It even says people in Samaria, which is a pretty decent size territory, are amazed, they're astounded with him. 
So he has to be pretty good for people to be astounded. He has to be really pulling this thing off well for it to turn some heads, if you will. Magic is involved in the equation, boasting to be someone great. He's like, I'm great, I'm good because I got this going on for me. They even said he's the, he's the greatest wizard of all. So if he's saying that he's the greatest wizard of all, that's pretty um, gutsy, I would say, to say of all, right? And then we read on further down that Philip comes into the equation and he preached this wonderful news. It's a wonderful news that we have. It's a, it's a great news. It's a life-changing news that we always have access to. Then, here and now, then, here and now. Yesterday, today, and forever, Right? The kingdom realm coming to really want to take people's lives and open it up. Open the book up. Because Jesus is the word. And then this uh, continuing theme of Jesus, the anointed one, is preach. It's preach. And it's preach. Now, mind you, the apostles, they're still hanging out back in Jerusalem. So, down in 14, it picks up when... um, the apostles are in Jerusalem, and they heard what's going down with the Samaritans. With all these people having all these encounters and, and being healed and being set free of demons, that's something to, that's, that's, that's good news right there, right? Because now you're one step closer to being who you are in the Father, who he created you to be, called something according to the original design of God. So they're like, oh, we need Peter and John to come. Because they need to check out if this thing's legitimate. That's really what the apostles did. You know, when um, people that were traveling with them or that were hanging out with them, or if you want to call them accomplice or, or something of that sort, they would go and they would preach this message. And when, I guess it got, with a lot going on, word was received, and then here comes the apostles. So in this context, we're looking at Peter and John coming to check this thing out. They want to see what is up with this. Oh, yeah, the scripture. Come on, one more time. That was, that was fun. So we're going to read this, and um, then we're going to unpack it, okay? Everybody quick? We're, we're good with that, right? I love unpacking stuff, especially gifts. It's wonderful, and this is a gift to us tonight. So when Simon saw how the Holy Spirit was released, now mind you, he had been around. He had been around the apostles, so it wasn't something new, wasn't something foreign to him. He had seen things in operation. He seen blind eyes open and whatever ailments or diseases that people had. He saw the demons come out of people. He saw the, the transformation take place right in front of him. So I, one would think that, okay, he sort of has a grip with what's going on. But continue on. How he saw the Holy Spirit was released through the laying on of the apostles' hands. He approached them and offered them money, saying, I want this power too. I'm willing to pay you for the anointing that you have so that I also can lay hands on everyone to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is interesting because. There are a lot of dynamics and components and factors right here. 
And I was, when you unpack something, and when you unpack a gift, even if it's one thing, there is multiple layers to that thing. So we see the Holy Spirit at work, right? We see the Holy Spirit at work. And in verse 18, this is all about struggle versus evil. Because Simon has this background that he's coming out of. He has all this training. I'm the best. You know, really putting him out. He's putting himself out there. He was doing what he knew. What, he's, what he was familiar with. What he was accustomed to. He was reacting, not responding. And then this is the thing that really, the Holy Spirit was really, is like, ah, this is so good. He reacted to the power instead of responding to the process. And the process is a person who has a name, and his name is Holy Spirit. He, he reacted with a transactional thought, not a, re, a relational truth. Because, as we know, it's, the Bible says it is the truth who sets us free, and who is the truth but Christ Jesus, right? So, I'm, I'm going to deviate, but I'm coming back to the trail. The, the bunny trail won't be too long, I promise. But it's, it's worth going down. Because we read all this stuff, and, you know, we hear Pastor Brent and Pastor Russ and all the others who have shared, and we're like, this is good. This is, this is wonderful, and yes, it's in the Word, but can we break it down some more? Can we break it down about, like, nine more times so I can really partake of how is it really going to look for me when I walk out that door because my life is not maybe the way I really want it to look right now. Anybody? Yeah. I'll just say, yeah. Amen, Joel. Thank you. I'll bless you. Okay. And um, it's, it's true. The struggle, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. We love Jesus. We prophesy. We declare his holy name. We speak in tongues. And that is all valid. And it all is life-giving. And it affirms and it builds us up. But we know that that is a real struggle when we come across those things. We're not living in that place, by the way. We're just passing through. I like to call it the hallway from glory to glory. The two is the hallway part. And I always ask Jesus, let the hallway not be too long this time because short hallways are better. That's why we keep on changing. We keep on changing. Ah. Even as recently as this week, I was in a meeting. I'm like, I'm too tired. I don't know if I have what... I was really complaining. I was murmuring. I was whining. And, and this is the Holy Spirit like, mm-hmm. 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 He's like, come on. And so, you know, when you have a good night's sleep and you're processing in the morning after, it's the Holy Spirit. He's just like right there. He like, he didn't go away anywhere. I'm like, oh, gosh. You know, waking up to that, I'm like, okay, we're going to really deal with it now. I can't have coffee first, you know? And he's just like, he's like, I'm really good at bringing you to your prophetic version of what I see. I'm like, mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like very like, Ugh. because I know what he's saying is true. The Holy Spirit wants to be your best friend. He wants to be my best friend. He wants to hang out with us. He literally wants to do everything with us. So I'm over here, 
only a few days back thinking, you know, it's a lot easier. I want what I prophetically see, but I don't want to go through the process. And it seems to me personally that happens once every five years of a major something. Am I willing to continue down into a process that goes deeper because the Holy Spirit, I've said it many times here, is the greatest tour guide of all because he knows the past, present, and the future of our lives. And it's not just from earthly realm because God doesn't know the corridor of time as we know it. He sees us as who we are. He doesn't see us Now I'm going back on the main trail. We got off the bunny trail. We're back on the main trail, okay? But I had to put that in. Nice bunny. You know, this thing, and we're going to tie it into Simon and all this thing, but this thing of it'll just be so much easier without having to open myself up. I don't like opening myself up lots of times. I'm being true. I don't like it at all. Because that means I have to leave a zone. I have to leave this thing called comfortability. To be stretched, not in a bad way or I'm not good enough. Because it's never about shame or guilt. It's about stepping into the totality and being in a journey to the wholeheartedness of what the Father sees Joel as. As what the Holy Spirit prophetically sees the picture of me as. And the same for all of us. That's why he's always in pursuit. And he will never take his hand off. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. All the days. So I'm still over here. I'm like, I still don't want to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm really, and I don't wear them, but I really dug my heels in this time. I'm like, I'm not going to do this. And the Holy Spirit, he's just so gentle and he's so patient. He's just over here. He's like, mm-hmm. He's just, you know, he'll do that because he, he, he respects us. He honors us. And he won't force himself. And then the Holy Spirit comes because this really is centering around the Holy Spirit. He's like, you, he's like, I want you to live life more wholeheartedly than you even want to. I'm like, okay. I said, now you have my attention. He said, I'm not talking half empty. I'm not talking half-hearted. I'm not talking in a bitter, disappointed, depressed way, fake it till you make it type thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being real and vulnerable with trusting people who have your back and won't smear you because of something you said that they don't like. But being, placing yourself ourselves in an atmosphere, placing ourselves in a culture, placing ourselves in something that becomes real and normal every day to us, where we can learn and continue to be sons and daughters of who God says we are, of who he says and has always said and will always continue to declare, this is who you are. That's why the power and the key importance of the prophetic must continue. Is this not one of the nine gifts or something in the new covenant that says we can do it as, as uh, partakers of a covenant? This is something that unlocks people's hearts. This is something that we're going to see a little bit more that unlocks Simon. And everything, even everything that he knew up until that point, it only takes a moment in God to transform a life. And it sure did his. And it sure does ours. And how much more when we place ourselves intentionally in a place? 
regardless of how we feel. Or regardless of the times I come to church, I'm like, I'm not really not feeling it right now. And I'd rather be having a snack someplace else. Seriously, I'll, not all the time, but sometimes I, do, I think that. Because I'm a, I like, I'm a snacky guy, I'm a hungry guy, and we won't go on that trail. It's a very long one. And, uh, yeah. And so, you know, when you process, yeah, very hungry bunny. <laughs> so, nice bunny. And so when we process, you know, um, with Holy Spirit, it's very interesting of the things that he will bring up. Very interesting of the things that he will remind us of. And it's not that he wants to control or manipulate us because he's not about that. He just wants to do life with us. He wants to be the best friend. You know, and there's how many rings and circles around that do we have from really letting him into the inner core of our heart? I heard Dr. C.M. Ward years ago make this statement and Sometimes you have random thoughts come to you. I'm like, why am I thinking of that out of nowhere? He said, you know, we look to things in the earthly realm that we think can satisfy us in the here and the now. But what we really need a prescription for and a heavier dose for is the gospel. I'm like, okay, I think we're doing that. He's like, no, the gospel, G-O-S-P-I-L-L. We need to take another dose of who, what Holy Spirit says that we, the believer, not just in the context of nice Christian words, but what it can look like in, in, within our sphere of influence. And it doesn't remain in four walls. It remains out there. It remains in the highways and the byways, the high places, the low places. It remains where we are being the salt and the light in the earth, where we're carrying the light. Because our light is not this little light. It's like this big, heck of big light of mine does shine. Right? So it's with the Holy Spirit where we experience that true intimacy. And for me, you know, I, I grew up and people's like, I really couldn't talk about this if I didn't walk through it. I'm like, that's a really good line. You know, all, all preachers might say that or something like that. But then when you start living life and you have responsibilities and you have demands put on you and you have things that come and are going to try to shake you or challenge you to your core, then you understand what that statement means. You understand it. And I didn't know what that true intimacy was. I just thought it's just kept in the name and it kept in a institutional flow, and that's just how kingdom and church is. Right? But the fellowship, we're going to piece this together, the, the fellowship, the communion, the connection, that constant place of being with him when we know our identity, that's what's come out of. And I'll just be very raw and real. I didn't know how to be intimate with the Lord. There was no grid. So 11 years back, I came in here and thought everybody was crazy and lost it. I'm like, oh my, oh my word, <laughs> what am I doing here? Sat back in a different location we were at, and I said those words. I'm like, this is, uh, they're drinking some type of flavor Kool-Aid. I don't know if I'm down with that. You know, it's like, it's still a little cuckoo. You know, but what I found out is that they weren't drinking Kool-Aid. They were drinking the new Holy Ghost wine. They were just saying more and more and fill me up. I'm like, oh, okay. I start late to the party. Got it. You know, I I got that now. Okay. Woohoo. Yeah. You know, and the hose and the, 
you know, all these uh, manifestations. I'm like, oh, that's what that means. Okay. Because <laughs> you have to be broken out of your mold of what you thought was right. And I love the cyclical, oh, that's a double negative. Okay, I like the cycle. I like the cycle. Because when we're with the Holy Spirit and the true intimacy, comes the authenticity. By the way, that's how God designed us to be. He really did. Intimacy to authenticity which leads to the authority that we're supposed to stand in, that we are supposed to become as sons and daughters. So one thing, when I'm over here thinking, I don't know if I want to do this because I'd rather have the power over the process, there is a huge corridor where that is a domino effect. And God sees it all. And he has grace and mercy when we might, like, Oh, bummer, we sort of missed that one. He's like, it's okay, we have another opportunity. This is wonderful, another opportunity. Because he doesn't give up on his kids. A true father will never turn their back and walk away and never, never show affection or nothing like that to their children. Because it's required in something called relationship, a relevant relationship. A relevant relationship that only the Spirit of God can really show us who Jesus is. And if we are affection. And if our focus is more on Jesus, then we are not going to miss it. And even if we do miss it, there is a bed and a platform of grace that we fall on. And the Holy Spirit comes. He's like, come on. It's all good. Right? And then I thought, this is great. This is wonderful. This cycle is beautiful. He's like, oh, but there's one more thing. I'm like, there is? He's like, yeah. And then... He just threw in Romans 8, 19. I'm like, oh, okay, that the earth is groaning for the manifestations and the sons and daughters of God to arise. I'm like, oh, okay, so we get the, if we're flowing in intimacy and then we're in an authenticity and then we're in the, in the authority, we can actually rise up and be wholehearted sons and daughters that the earth is crying out for, that the earth is waiting for, for our to take our rightful place in the authority that God already prophetically sees in you and I. Thank you, Jesus, that you do not see the current of, of what we think we look like. That is the, the most radical, amazing, awesome thing about prophetic is because God sees way past what, what we think. We're like, oh, we're really seeing this. And it's good. It doesn't dismiss it. We're like, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Mm. Just chewing on that. It's so good. Can't put the fork down quite yet. It's delicious. Because when we taste and see that he is really that good, like he's really, really good, you know, and side note, you know, a lot of people, it's like something might unforeseen happen and might have sort of a negative thing and people who are really in that embrace the first thing you hear well what do you feel all I know is God is good because it does not sway them to the left nor does it sway them to the right but there is this this knowing this depth that goes so deep because 
there is no separation. So the Holy Spirit continues to show us that the role of our partnership with him, Holy Spirit, must be one that is transactional, must not be one that is transactional, rather being relational. And that's where I'm at. It's like, man, it sounds good, but it's hard to do at times. He's like, I know. That's why I'm with you. I'm like, okay. I'm like, sorry. Sort of, okay. I'm, 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 I'm getting it because once it goes from here down to here, it's a lot easier. Trust me, it is so much easier when we, when we stop trying to use this thing, even though it has its place, right? And, and when we start to experience it in the depths of who we really, really are, right? Must be willing to step out and into the depths of relationship of the Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit is not like, like a store. Um, okay, business hours are from 12 to 9. If I'm not in, you come back tomorrow. He's not that. He's an ever-present God. He is ever there for us. He's a 24-7-365 type of a guy. Because he likes hanging out with his kids. And he will always root us on. He's the greatest cheerleader with capital letters that will ever be. Because he is for us. He is so for us. Because if God's for us, I mean, who can be against us, right? Come on. And then there's like all these depths and realms that our spirit, our spirit is saying, yes, yes, we want to go there. Because our spirit does not sleep. We sleep. Our soul might sleep. But our spirit, you ever wake up with dreams like, wow, that was a powerful dream. Our spirit is receiving all the time. It's receiving all the time. Whether we are... Knowing of it or not, it's receiving something. So we're, don't, I don't want us to be surprised when something gets stirred up. We're going to piece this puzzle together, I promise you. Togetherness, this is all about doing it together. This is a unity thing like never before. This is the greatest togetherness party that ever hit planet Earth. When Jesus came into the equation, bam, it was a beautiful thing. And it continues to be a beautiful thing. But for us to be together, there has to be this type of an embrace that's going to challenge us out of our comfort zones, our comfortability. But Holy Spirit is always right there. And he says, with every step you take, every place you're in, I want to be there right by you. So tying this thing into Simon... He saw the goods, but he didn't see the person. He wanted the power without the person. For his own gain, doing it alone and not together. Now I'm going to say something, and I'm going to wrap it up in a hero sandwich, okay? I'm not going to explain that. If you know what it means, great, okay? It's, it's a wonderful thing. It's one all these wonderful things, Okay? When we read the context, because when you read passages like these, you want to read it in its context, right? It's very important that we do that. So we can know the thought and know the heart of God, not just for story's sake, but for what Holy Spirit wants to reveal and minister to us, the takeaway from it, if you will, right? So Simon is one that is dealing with the spirit of witchcraft, Let's break that down. 
Because when we think of witchcraft, you know, there might be all these definitions and spiritual answers that we've heard, and we don't negate that. But when we break it down to its simplest form, witchcraft is wanting the power without relationship. Somebody wants to be in a relationship, or I'm hypotheticalizing now. That's why it's so easy for people to want to have control and manipulation over people. Because they want the power of the relationship, but they don't want the intimacy of it. They don't want what it really requires. I'll use that word, what it takes. The, the, the absolutes. To do it in a place of authenticity in something called their heart with a person and best friend who wants to be, whose name is Holy Spirit. Because when this happens, it's the complete opposite of having a relationship with the Lord. He wanted, Simon wanted that, that power, but he did not want the walk. He wanted to talk the talk, but he did not want to walk that walk. He didn't want to yield to a process with a person. He didn't want to experience with deeper healing and deeper freedom and deeper of who he could be. He didn't want that. He saw through the corridors of filters and lenses of what he knew. And he reacted in that emotion. He reacted in that moment. And so I was even just processing this, and the Holy Spirit just, he, yeah, he's a gentleman, I get that, but I'm finding more with me. He won't wait when I want him to wait. I'm like, okay, now I have my beverage, and I'm good. Now we can do it. He's like, yeah, I could do that, but we're, let's just do it a different way. I'm like, okay. And then the, um, a few days ago, he was just saying, Jesus was speaking. He said, the Holy Spirit is not a commodity. Right? You can't have the power of the Spirit without the person of the Spirit. You just can't. Because commodities will come and go. They are very, very, in its simplest form, transactional. But the, the Holy Spirit is looking for much, 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 much more. So I asked him, I said, well, Holy Spirit, even though I thought I might know the answer, I didn't want to, like, get the cart ahead of the horse. And I wanted to practice something that I learned years ago is, especially in marital relationships, if you're talking about something, not arguing, but if you're talking about something, if you disagree, it's good to talk about something with not having in mind a solution because you don't want to make that the objective nor the goal. You want to be in connection with the heart of a person. The part that, you're, that can be in any relationship, really. Because we want to be connected in the moment. We want to be connected there. I said, Holy Spirit, when we say yes to you, what does it really look like? And without missing a beat, he's like, process. He's like, I want to wait it out more with you on the journey than you want to. 
I'm like, ooh. I'm like, okay. He said, I want to wait it out with you on the journey more than you want to. Now, here comes this whole thing that we talked about, togetherness and unity. This is a together unity gospel. This is a gospel where we do it together. How do I know? Because God, in his infinite wisdom of how he foresaw and all those things, saw prophetically the joy set before him. He was talking about the joy, us, the future, the sons and daughters of God in in Jesus, when Jesus was going to go on the cross. And so here's Father. He's saying, you know what? I'm going to do it through this model called family, this model called covenant with each other, and that's how I'm going to do this thing. So even... And this is not a, a guilt trip thing, but I found it to work and found it to be so significant in my own life that when we are together as a body of believers, but more importantly, family, there's that trustworthiness with one another. There is that confidence. There is that, um, in a healthy way, that accountability. There is that responsibility. We're members one of another. That's really where there are so many opportunities where we can encounter family together. Because family, even if we disagree on something or get mad at each other, we don't go out the door and ever come back. Because covenant, in the context of the family, brings us to each other. And there's parameters and healthy boundaries and all those things that need to be in place But family never gives up. Just like the Holy Spirit never gives up. And he never gave up with Simon either. Ah. And so I begin to ask, and the Holy Spirit wants to ask, because remember, there's the bed of grace. I mean, how many times have we treated the Holy Spirit like a commodity? I mean, how many times have we wanted the power without the relationship? We're like, I'll take, it's not, and the Lord said, I'm not an a la carte item. I want to be an inclusive package deal. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I know you don't want the veggies that come with the meal, but you really need to eat them because they have nutrients that you don't know about that I already know about. I'm like, hmm. He's like, and you're not going to put the fork down when it comes to that part. You will partake. In your own time, I won't force you, but you're going to learn that, oh, This is so much better than I ever thought it was. Romans 8 tells us that there's no shame, there's no no condemnations for those who are in Christ. So this is not a thing about guilt tripping, shaming you, or anybody ever doing that to you. Mm. Then we get to see in this picture that the Holy Spirit is always, he's always inviting us into the deeper waters with him. Then he showed me the, uh, the picture of the river. And um, I don't know if I heard Graham Cook. There's a lot of people who have said it before. The river has banks for a reason. Because if you didn't have banks to a river, you would have a flood and you would have a mess. So that's why, not only in the natural, but in the spiritual, there are banks that there are Parameters and healthy boundaries not to con- control nor manipulate us, but to keep us really in a healthy way of an alignment 
with what God wants to do with us and where he wants to take us. And it's like the Holy Spirit saying, you know, you've been standing on that bank or sort of knee high, and it's really good because your heart has said, yes, I want to do things with you, Holy Spirit, but I want to invite you to come a little bit deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper together. Let's go into some deeper truths of who you really are as a son, who you really are as a daughter. And Simon, he was going to get there. Right? Because we are to follow on to know who the Lord is. To, to be led into all truth. To be led into all truth. Oh, this is good. We're piecing it together. We are piecing this thing together. I'm going to click. I only have three slides. I have a whole three slides. So my condensed version, I love condensed, is that um, even on the 20 through 24 that we read that Peter rebukes Simon and he tells him to repent. Why does he tell him that? Well, because one, of how he reacted. Two, there's these treacherous and wicked things in his heart. And Peter goes on to say some other things about, you know, I'm going to pray that God doesn't let you have any of this and all these, these like what Simon would perceive as, oh, no, that's not what I, I, no, this is not what I meant. So Simon's pleading to Peter's like, oh, what you just said, can you, um, can you plead and ask God to like not hear that and like make sure those things don't, you know, happen? Now, I, you know, it takes time to become vulnerable. And we use wisdom when we're vulnerable with who. We make sure we are in relationship with people that we're going deep together with. It's very important. Because we want people to be invested in our lives. Not just for what is in it for them and then they're gone. We want people who are going to stick around and go the distance with us. Yeah, the Holy Spirit and Jesus, yeah, Father, they do that. But I'm talking in the here and now in the flesh and blood. That's why the relationship is so important, especially in the context of covenant. Not just because the Bible tells us to do it, but because our spirit, somewhere, down deep, craves it. That's what we were created for. We were created to be family. Whether we like it or not, it's just the way it is. And Holy Spirit wants to lead us into a truth to partake of the sweetness and the reality. I'm like, oh, he's really that good. So one of the things, I can't even put, believe I put this down, but I did, is that um, we have to check our motives. And um, for those of you who are married, you'll know what I'm talking about. When your spouse will nudge you in a certain specific way, like, you better check your motives. I've had that happen to me multiple times. <laughs> and you know what? It's a good thing. Because if she didn't have, well, it's probably just common sense. I don't even know if I want to call it discernment. To call me out on that stuff, what, what would have happened? I would have made a fool of myself. I would have, in my own thinking, probably dug a deeper hole. But even if that did happen, 
Here comes Holy Spirit as the best person that he wants to be. It's like, come on. Let's try it again. That's the beauty is that there are do-overs in the kingdom. Contrary to some of the stuff I hear still said by pastors and stuff and out there, it's like, no, the kingdom is not about punishing you and you've had your chances and now go away because you're disgraced with the body of Christ. It's not about that. This is about being accountable over and over again in an atmosphere and a culture of grace and of honor to where we can grow together. To where we can be one together, where we can be one in ourselves. This thing called self confidence. When I came in here 11 years ago, I heard about the word, but I didn't even know what it was. So we want to check our motives with the Holy Spirit. And I heard somebody say in this house before just because you man, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Holy Spirit, what I'm thinking about, is that what's on your heart? And for a lot of us who are prophetic and a lot of us who are growing into that place, I think for most times we sort of know we're we're feeling a certain way and the Lord might be showing us something or speaking to us in this sort of a clear directive. But we always want to be sure to check our motives anywhere, anything we're doing. Because it's all about Jesus. Anything that we talk about, all the stories and the narratives that we read, even the story of your own life, the story of my own life, this whole thing points back to who Jesus is. Because it's the Holy Spirit who reviews him, reveals him rather, so beautifully. It's only by the working and the leading and bringing us to Jesus, only by... One person. Nothing else can get us there. Nothing else won't take us there. That's why we have this embrace mentality because we never want to be disconnected from the reality of who the one is. We just don't. It's the Holy Spirit who keeps joining us to Jesus. He will keep on keeping on. He'll point us to who Jesus is who Jesus wants to be to us, and who Jesus wants to be through us. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking, as we're sort of nearing the the airstrip here, that you would... um, Take us deeper in in the embrace. The journey looks different for all of us. We are all in an embrace, whether we feel it or not. We just are. Because it's the Holy Spirit who originally and first and foremost led us to, to Jesus. He drew us to Jesus. There's many Christ in all religions and faiths, but there's only one Jesus. So he drew us to who Jesus is who Jesus wanted to be, wants to be, and who he always wants to be to us. And Holy Spirit, how more that he is 
that you were drawing us not only Jesus, but how more active that you want us to be participating with you, but that we get to do it ourselves, meaning who we are. I tried, when we came in here, I thought, you know, oh, I'm really not a manifester, you know, and that sort of bothered me. I'm like, do I have to do that for it to sort of come off like it's God and I'm receiving authentically? Because that's, that's where I came out of. And then the Holy Spirit's like, let me take you on a journey in parallel with your own life and show you what the kingdom's really about. Let me, in time, bring you alongside some fathers and some mothers, some sons and some daughters who are going to help you not control you, but they're going to help you understand what I'm really all about and who I really am. Let me show you my true heart to where your heart is never going to be in a place of, or to live from that place of, I want the power, but I don't want the relationship. Because there's times that, you know, I've, I've had a question. Not who God is, but I'm like, why this way? When there's, to what I've seen, there could be a thousand different other ways we can do it. It's like, because... And it wasn't like a religious answer. He's like, because my ways are higher than yours, and, you know, my thoughts are higher than yours. And, you know, he was sort of like joking about it. And I'm like... <laughs> Okay, not funny. <laughs> because you're not feeling it. Come on, let's be real. You're not feeling it in the moment. You're like, let's speed the process up. That prophetic word you spoke over to me 20 years ago or five years ago or yesterday, let's just fast track that little sucker and then I can just be walking in it and it could be good and I don't have to deal with all the crap in the middle. Right? Because that's what it is. It's not a rose bed. It's something else. So, you know what I'm saying? But the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, but you're misunderstanding that when you go through that rose bed, that what you think is the C word that would have said, fertilizer has a purpose. <laughs> I'm like, man, you're always like a step ahead. He's like, that's my job. I'm like, mm. So now this dialogue happens because we're being raw and we're being real in, in our emotions, in our soul, our, our mind, will, and our emotions. We're not seeing one thing in one realm, yet wanting it in a different realm. We want to be connected in. We want to be, and it's not like we have to do greater works. It's not the Catholic method. It's none of that stuff. It's learning to journey to a place of feeling comfortable because of breakthrough and healing that we have and deliverance of some stuff that we don't need to be carrying anymore that can take us to a place of like, wow, this this is what I feel. This is what Joel feels like. This is who I really am. Because I've never felt it before. There's areas of our lives, confines in our hearts, in our soul, maybe not all of it, but maybe for some it is all of it, that is going to get unlocked, unreleased, is going to get freed up. And even in this year and in this month, we're going to begin to feel different physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. Because of the yeses that we continue, our spirit's like, 
yes. It's always yes in our spirit. But we're over here like, no, that's not cool, man. You know, it's like, I don't think about that. So Simon, it's like, he saw one thing. The Holy Spirit saying, like, it's all about being real. This whole thing is about being real. It's about, it's always about being, being real. Because in somewhere, and I'll, and I'll just be I'll telling all myself, I'm like, let's make it a different way. Let's have a different theology and let's have a different thing about it so it can fit my comfort zone. Let me deduce God to a way where I can be okay with it and I can worship his holy name. Right? Let, let, let me just sort of change it. Let me pick from the menu of what I want to eat and what I don't want to eat. Let me, let me say that vegetables are poison and I don't want to eat it. Let me say no to the nutrients of heaven. Right? And so, not only does the Lord want to reveal the truth of who he really is and wants to be, he wants to remove the old mindsets and paradigms that go with it. Without feeling like we have to slam somebody and blame our past or how we were raised. Because been there, I still do it. And there's a place for venting, I get it. There's a place for venting. But the difference between a place of venting and pointing is that I can look back from a healed heart and from a distance of a healthy boundary, I can honor whoever or whatever it is. Right? Because the more that we become whole, and I'm sure the more that, become, that Simon became whole, you wake up to what God has already put there. It's not like he just set it down when you were sleeping and stuck out, bye, bye, Felicia. He didn't do that, right? He put something down in place before something called the foundations of the earth that were laid. Everything we need is a package deal. Not only from us to the Trinity, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but it goes the other way around. From God to us, he put everything that we need. Everything that you need, not only in the material, the financial, any different type of realm or level already exists. Because Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, yesterday, today, and forever. Holy Spirit is like, I already know yesterday, today, I already know where you're at, five years, I already know where you're at. So everything that you need already exists. And so what we do as believers and sons and daughters, we're like, so that thing that exists, I'm just declaring it and calling it down from heaven. That there's going to be a collision, there's going to be a collided effort where it comes, where it leaves one realm and enters the other. And more importantly, as there is this transference from one heart to my heart of not wanting the power over the person, but where a heart is tenderized, is challenged, it's ever transforming into a son, into a daughter that says yes to the process. Yes, grace is good. Even if it's the whole theology of what a lot of people believe. Oh, it's grace. It's grace. Like, yeah. I said, but grace has a backside to it. It's called process. It's called process because we have to be willing to not sort of just sort of pander off or, or, or make an excuse or 
do these things that we think are really important because we want our voice to be heard. Just saying it. But that we can we can become we can become the version which Holy Spirit already sees. I know. Even if a lot of the, it's not recorded, I just want to imagine. It's okay to imagine. It's a whole imagination that Simon really became and walked into who everything that God, regardless of all the stuff, regardless of the road that he took or that he walked on or was led on to up to that point, up to that moment, up to that experience, that encounter, right? Ah, so good. Wow. So what does this look like? It's all about co-laboring with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3 tells us. And really when we look about it, well, how do we do things with you, Lord? It's all, it's all tied into about how do we hear the Lord? Because if we can hear him, if we're tuning into that right frequency. There's so many different ways we can do it. We can do it through journaling. We can do it through, through soaking. We can do it through listening and prayer. And listening prayer, by the way, was very foreign to me. I'm like, listening who? <laughs> Who's listening? Because I never heard that. I'm like, that's weird. And it feels weird, you know? Just feels weird because I want to do it my way. Because God wants to speak. I think God, God's always speaking. He's always speaking. And we, you know, we want to hear what, he's, what he has to say. Worship devotion time. I mean, for those of us, even if you are not a musician, but those of us who are musicians or a singer. And I understand it's busy. It's so busy. And I've learned to like, you know what? There will never be a convenient time in my schedule if I try to go at that route. So I make myself an appointment. I have to. And some of us know what that is. Every, I don't care if I'm mad. I don't, care, I don't care what emotion I'm in. I sit down at my keyboard. And I'm like, glorify your name, Lord, because you are good. Even if I feel very contrary. And as we enter into the truth, as we enter into the reality, as we enter into with the one who wants to set us free, things begin to lift even if you don't have a, a, a CD or some iTunes or something nearby, all you, we do is just call on the name. All we do is prefer, all we do is prefer, we prefer the person over the power because if we can prefer the person, the power is inclusive with that package. Right? The dreams and the visions. How many of you have been having dreams lately? I mean, God's just, he'll speak to you like, whoa, what, what was that? What was that? So Holy Spirit, keep on showing us who Jesus is. And the most very complex prayer that I've learned, especially since I've been in this culture and in this reality of what kingdom is, the most complex prayer I've learned how to pray is more Holy Spirit. Because all the things that we go, really is translated to more Holy Spirit. 
Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, Holy Spirit, we, we are giving permission and access because those are, those are the key components. Even when we're someplace else than here, gathered together during the week, it's a hard thing to do at times, but Holy Spirit, I give you permission and access. Now, here, right now, right? Everybody say this. Holy Spirit, Spirit, I value you. And I choose you. I want you. So, Father, we repent for knowingly or unknowingly agreeing and letting the spirit of witchcraft creep into our motives. I'll just cite the source. The source, it even puts it as intentions. Even those ill motive intentions, Lord, in the times where we have made it more than what it really is all about, when we have tried to push and control and manipulate for our own gain and really no other reason, Father, we thank you that your grace is sufficient. We thank you that mercies, they're brand new every single day. We thank you for your love. But keep showing us the truth of who we really are. And I declare for a lot of us, even myself, that we will not give up. I heard this old song when I was a kid growing up. He didn't bring you out this far to take you back again. We've come too far on this journey. We've come too far in our dreams and our passions. We've come too far in our visions to give up now. And so the Holy Spirit has his invitation of lean into me. Embrace me like you've never embraced me before and watch what I do. And we do it with the right heart. We do it with the right intention. We do it with the right motive. And when we become that, things start to shift. Things start to transition. There's transformations that take place. I know we don't do it a lot here, but I just felt life on it earlier. If you don't know Jesus, or if you don't know him like you really want to know him, then come talk to us afterwards, because I have a really good friend that knows all about him, and his name is Holy Spirit. He wants to introduce you to who Jesus is. The real Jesus. So, Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we say yes. We say yes to the person over the power. 
We thank you for the power, Lord, but we thank you that it's, it's so much more than that, so much more about the person and, and, and the relationship and becoming who you already see us as. Just praying for an axe encounter tonight as we go to sleep, that the Lord will come and infiltrate our dreams. He will infiltrate our heart and show us things that he wants to take us to the places that we don't need to carry any longer. The weight and the stuff we don't need to carry. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the season that you're bringing us into where the baggage can't go. This season is called a lighter season. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying it's, you're only going to take which, what I know you need. And he has equipped us with tools and will continue to equip us with tools. Holy Spirit, you are more than enough. Able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can even ask or think. So Father, even of what we declare, even what we think in our brain, in our heart, you said you'll go above and do that. You'll do more than that. So we, we say, yes, Jesus. Yes, Holy Spirit. If there's any prayer teams available and want to, to come help, come on up. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that our future is a lot brighter than it looks right now. It's so, so good. It's so, so good, Father. We thank you for the, where you've brought us from. We thank you where, where you have us at, but we thank you where you're taking us to. Take us to that place, Holy Spirit. Continue to take us to that place. During the week, Lord, let it not be a one evening experience only thing, but let it become a lifestyle that you always envisioned, that you always saw in your heart, Father in your sons and daughters. Mm. Just say more Holy Spirit right now. More Holy Spirit right now. Come. Wind of Holy Spirit, come. Rain of Holy Spirit, come. Refreshing of Holy Spirit, come. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just calling for self-confidence to arise in this house, this room, this body, these sons and daughters right now. Whoa. Wow. The last thing I'll say before we dismiss is I've just been getting this strong nudge and impression this last week that everything we need that we know, like we see the next level that we want to go to, whether it's in the natural realm the spiritual realm, whatever it might be, the things we're believing for, family members we're believing for, is going to be found in the embrace and it's going to be found to the closeness to the person and not the power. There's a whole different strategy and approach that Holy Spirit is leading us into. So Holy Spirit, we say yes. We're going to put our heart with your heart right there, Holy Spirit, and we say yes. We declare the yes of our heart to rise up like never before. We thank you for the shift of the seasons. 
we thank you that this one looks a lot, lot different than it has for the past ones or the letdowns because it didn't happen the way we thought we wanted it to happen. Holy Spirit, again, above, beyond, all we can even ask or think, create a platform you're going to do it on, Lord. If you want prayer, come on up. If you want to meet my friend, Holy Spirit, to introduce you to Jesus, come on up. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.